1: Welcome to the program, Kids First. Coming attractions on the Voice Magic Kids Network. I'm your host, Brianna Hobeton, and today we are talking to Sterling Gardner, uh, a writer on a writer of an apology, an open apology. And also the book, An Open Apology. And today is kind of a big hero six day because we have three segments of talking about the wonderful film. So right now we are speaking with Sterling Gardner, our wonderful guest today, about an open apology. So how are you today?
2: I'm doing great. How are you?
1: I'm doing fabulous. Thank you for joining us today. It's it's always a pleasure having guests and meeting new people. So that's I'm always a to be here. <laughs> so Sterling you are a writer and a performer and a doer of good, which is on <laughs> your website. I got that directly from there. Mm-hmm. I hear about writers and performers a lot because, I mean, I do a lot of auditions and things like that. Um, but not as much a doer of good. Like they say, <laughs> I'm a writer, I'm a, I'm a performer, I do this, I that. But not a lot of doer of good. So can you um, explain to me why that's on your website, um, how you kind of got that name?
2: Well, I will first say that it's uh, I gave that name to myself. Cool, so, cool. um, I you know what, I just the older I get, the more I realize how good I feel when I do good things for other people. And I, I do a lot of comedy stuff on my website, and um, I just wanted people to know that I'm not just about the comedy, like, I also try to write things that are inspiring, I try to, you know, the website in openapology.com, um, was born out of the book, and I just thought, I started writing apologies to all these women that had had an important role in my life, and I realized how amazing I felt afterwards, and I had this light bulb go off, and I just went, everyone should be able to write an apology to whoever they want, and then I went, wait a second, they can, so that's why I built the website, and, uh, I have people from all over the world that write apologies to whoever they want to, and it's really—it's a really good feeling.
1: Yeah, I've—I've—I've I've, I've never heard of this, so it's really cool. Like, but I do understand. I feel like everyone understands when you do good to other people, and when you do the right thing towards others, like not not being not wanting to get revenge or or as like this, apologizing for something that you did or or just the smallest little things that makes you feel better. I mean not about your I'm not saying about yourself. Like you're supposed to do a bunch of stuff just to feel better about yourself, but you feel good. It feels good to do good for other people. So I definitely understand a doer of good for you, my kind sir. <laughs> so what made you write an open apology? I mean, you did say um, that you were apologizing to a bunch of women that made you who you are today. So um, can you get a little deeper into that?
2: Wow. I'm very impressed with these questions, genuinely. Um I just, I've never been married, and I eventually would really like to get married. And I just started thinking on all of the romantic relationships I had with all these women going, well, why didn't this one work out? Well, why didn't that one work out? And it's so easy for people to go, and not just in a romantic relationship, but when something doesn't go your way, it's so easy to point the finger at someone else. Mm -hmm. Well, she did that, and he did this, and if he hadn't done this, then this wouldn't have happened. And so I just wanted to sit down and take the approach and sort of take ownership of everything that I did in the relationship that didn't make it work out. And I thought, all right, I'm going to start with the very, 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 very first girl that I remember having any kind of impact on me. And it was a a four-year-old when we were both in preschool. And I remember chasing her around the playground. And uh, so the first thing I did was write her an apology um, I'm sorry, I did ABC, and then I was like, well, who's the next girl that I remember um, being attracted to? And it was um, in third grade, and I was like, well, what happened then? And it just it felt good for me, even though I can't really send these apologies to these, most of these women, because I, I don't know where most of them are today. It just makes you feel good to know, okay, I'm taking ownership of the things that I did that weren't that cool, and it really takes the burden off you, and you feel a thousand pounds lighter, so that 's how that started
1: yeah i that's I feel like when people are wronged like after that, if they wrong someone else they 're like, well, it wasn 't my fault because this happened to me, and this happened to me, and i 'm not saying that." It's never someone's fault or it's never other people's fault. I'm just saying that it's good to take ownership of your mistake. If it was your mistake and if it was your doing, I'm not saying if it wasn't you and you know it wasn't you and everyone else knows it wasn't you, then you just take ownership for something you didn't do just to say it. But I definitely I definitely get the taking ownership because I feel like that shows maturity and it shows that you um, you don't care. I mean, if you did something, you take ownership of ownership of it and you move on i i think that's i think that shows a lot of maturity and uh wisdom if you <laughs> if you if you get that
2: i think well it's, as you were saying it's so easy to point the finger and nobody even sometimes takes the time to go well okay it was maybe 90 percent the other person's fault but most of the time we both do something to contribute to a situation not working out. So even if the other person doesn't want to take ownership of their 90%, for me, it felt good to go, you know what? I wish I hadn't said this in this way that made you say this. You know what I mean? So it's like it's, there's always a, a give and take, and, you have to, and the only thing we have control over is what we contributed and apologizing for that. If the other person doesn't apologize that's on them. That's, we have no control over that. So I just wanted to do something that I had control over and reach out to these women in, in letters and books and say, this is what I did and I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I so. mean, we should, we should apologize for our mistakes and, and what we did wrong. You're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Brianna hope and today you're listening to Voice America Kids. And today we are talking to Sterling Gardner, writer of An Open Apology, and we are talking about Big Hero 6 because this is our Big Hero 6 day. So right now let's continue speaking with Sterling Gardner about an open apology, and we were just talking about how we're supposed, how in an apology and in everything in life, it's a give and take. It's like in a in a marriage or in a relationship or even parent to parent to child or friend to friend. It's a give and take relationship and mm-hmm. in a give and take world because if we want to compromise on something, you have to give a little bit up and they have to give a little bit up. And you have to take and give and, and I feel like that's how life works. I mean you can't always take something and you can't always give something. So um that is very good message. I feel like this segment is like a very good message to everyone.
2: <laughs> I hope so. That's what I'm trying that's that's where the doer of good comes in. I'm just trying to do my little part in the world to make it a tiny bit better if I can.
1: That's good. That's good. Yeah, I um I my mom told me my mom told me about a little a little bit about it and it was like there's this girl that um apologized to her mom and and uh. Because she kept downloading SpongeBob or whatever on her iPad or iPhone or whatever, and she she's like, "Here's a quarter," and she and she taped it on the screen. It, when I heard it, I was like, "This is so cute!" and so and I guess the little the the little girl was like, "Well, I have this site, so I'm gonna use it." I mean, I bet she in person apologized, but I I will definitely. I will definitely find someone to apologize to because we all have many, many of those. And I will definitely try it out. I will definitely try to see where it takes me.
2: I would love it. Yes. You'll be surprised at when you start thinking about it and you're like, ah, oh, this little thing's been, I don't think about it every day, but sometimes when I'm think about that person, I wish I hadn't done this. And it's so easy to just let those things go. Mm-hmm. But when you take the time to just just own it and say, you know what? You probably didn't even think twice about it, but remember two months ago when I did this or said that, yeah. and uh, I really I'm sorry for that. It just makes you feel good, regardless of what their um, response is. It just feels good to you, and it and it gets it out of your head. It clears your head up.
1: Yeah, it, it makes you like you said. It makes you feel lighter.
2: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So, well, the website and OpenApology dot com. I I've read some of the apologies. I mean, some of them um, like cutting. Cutting people off in traffic and and mm-hmm. apologizing to other people and yourself, um, major family apologies, types like that. That what I mean. You see all of these people apologizing. What is your greatest apology With the that, one that you've seen or that you've posted yourself or that you or that you've done? Uh-
2: Well, I I had an idea of what I thought the type of apologies would be that people would send in, and it's been so beyond that. (laughs) The one that really, really, really stands out um, is this this woman wrote to um, a rescue dog, this foster dog, um, that she, at the time, whatever time and place that she was in, um, she's rescued a ton of ton of dogs um, in her life and she helps find them homes and stuff and she just couldn't make it uh, she just couldn't find a home for this dog and she had to give it away and it was like it was tearing her up she said for 10 years and she said I just had to write a letter to this little guy that I never got to see because he went to some other family and I just I just felt bad that I couldn't do my part and it was it made me cry just reading it for this and this dog doesn't know but it was on her mind and that's what's important she wanted to get it out of her mind.
1: Yeah, and and I do I do believe that getting it out of your system per mm-hmm. se makes you feel better. It's like people are just like I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. And yep. then when when you coax someone to talk about it, after they do it, they feel you you see them and they look a lot lighter. They look a lot more relieved. They look. a at peace, not completely at peace because they still have whatever problem they were dealing with, but they're more at peace than when they started. So I definitely understand the whole getting it out. Yep. Well, Sterling Gardner, thank you so much for talking with us today and telling us all about an open apology.
2: My pleasure. I'm so happy that this happened. Thank you so much.
1: (laughs) I am also very happy that this happened. And openapology.com and book are out there, so please check that out. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Brianna Hobiton from Kids First Coming Attractions, and you are listening to Voice America Kids.
3: Mmm.
0: Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey,
4: welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Jerry Orris, and you are listening to Voice America Kids. We just talked about an open apology of Sterling Gardner. And right now, we're going to talk about Big Hero 6 for a pretty long time. So right now we're talking to Jeremy about Big Hero 6. How are you doing today, Jeremy? I'm good. How are you? Very good. So can you tell us about the wonderful story of Big Hero 6, please?
5: So it's about a genius boy named Hero who has lost his parents. And he spends a lot of his time fighting with these robots he creates. Um, When his brother dies, he finds this... Robot that is big and fluffy like a marshmallow, and it becomes his personal healthcare assistant.
4: I, uh, I'm just, I'm sorry, you just got me at the big fluffy marshmallow robot. I think that is just that one line right there is that everybody should watch that. So speaking of the big fluffy robot, what do you think about him? Cause he's a very unique robot. It's not the same kind of weird looking Wally WALL-E-type-of-looking robots. Very unique. What did you think of his kind of, well, design? Well, I like it because it,
5: it basically shows it so that more people will want to, like, see it, you know? Because, like, if it's just a plain robot, not
4: very many people come, you know? Definitely. And what do you think of kind of... Everything that this robot can do and its powers.
5: Yeah, it's really cool. I just think that it's really cool that he made, like, and he's such a good thing and he can build all those super cool stuff to add to it, the robot. It's, like, so cool.
4: Hmm. Very nice. And what do you think of the conflict of the story? Because it's a very interesting conflict that is pretty deep, honestly.
5: So, basically, he makes a lot of friends in this film, and it, well, basically, it teaches you it, to make friends, because friends will help you solve problems that you really need when you need a lot of help.
4: Hmm. Very good. And what do you think, The do you think that's the moral message of the story? You need, you should have friends or something like that? Or is there a different moral message?
5: Well, I also personally think that you should always put your friends first
4: to treat them better, you know. I definitely agree. I'm just saying to everybody that's listening, family is more important than friends. So if you're like depending friends or family, definitely choose family. But in this movie, I definitely think that is the case. What do you think of the humor? Because obviously, it's very funny. It's definitely a good humor film. But what do you think of the humor? Do you think it's Very unique and lovable, or you think it's kind of overdone and been there, done that?
5: Yeah, there was a great amount of comedy from beginning to end, so I would have to
4: say I think it's just fine. Alright, well that is very good. And how about the story in general, because personally I saw the film and I kind of felt that the story was a bit rushed. What did you think? Well, I basically liked
5: it there were some parts every now and then that wouldn't exactly i would feel like it wasn't fitting in and what parts can you do you remember any of those parts well not really i just like every now and then i would feel like it didn't make any sense and
4: what do you think your favorite character would be
5: probably baymax
4: Mm, I would have to agree. And for our listeners that don't know, Baymax is that big white marshmallow robot we were talking about. And he is just fantastic. So how about the animation, which is kind of three-dimensional, but has a little bit of taste to it, if I may say. What do you think of the animation?
5: Well, I really like it, especially because it's 3D, and it made it seem as if the objects, like I could actually touch them and pretend to be one of the characters.
4: Hmm. And what do you think of the setting? Do you think it is good for where this place takes place? Where do you? It's good for where it takes place, or do you think it could have been better? Um, I think it is just fine for where it takes place. Mm -hmm. Alright, well that is very good. Very, very good. It'll be very bad if it didn't. You're listening to the Voice of America Kids Network. I'm Jerry Ors, and today we are talking about an open apology of Sterling Grammar and Big Hero 6. And right now I'm just talking to Jeremy about how the animation is kind of three-dimensional and pretty smooth. So, Jeremy, what do you think your favorite scene is?
5: Well, my favorite part is when
4: Baymax learned karate, because it's so funny,
5: because he's basically a giant marshmallow, and he's probably cuddly, and so you would want to, like, snuggle with him instead of fight him.
4: Hmm, that sounds like a very good scene. And what? how many stars would you give this film? I think I would give it 5
5: out of 5 stars, because it's funny, adventurous, and
4: really creative, too. Well, that's very, very good. And how about an age rating?
5: Um, I think I would do Ages 4 and up, because my sister really liked it, and this is a movie the whole family can enjoy.
4: Hmm, well that is very good, so you heard it, anybody in your family would enjoy this film. And what do you think of the technology, like the robots in general, and This. what do you think of that? Well, I
5: like how it's cool because they're using their brains and technology and all of that stuff but most importantly they're using all their
4: smarts and stuff very interesting what do you think of the super villain because the super villain is kind of there but his identity is very interesting what do you think of how like they presented a super villain and his message and all of that do you think it's unique kind of overdone
5: yeah I don't really know, but I think it might be a little overdone because his identity is really kept secret. Most of the movies that I've seen, like, give you kind of clues to who it's going to be. This one, no. Me and me, I I completely thought it was a different person when I
4: saw the movie. Mm, You know, I definitely agree. I completely thought it was a different person when they showed and I was like, What? complete plot twist right there and also another question what do you think of kinda the entire perspective of the story kinda revolving around this kid named hero who is grieving and then starts his adventure what do you think of that
5: it's really good especially since at the beginning they made it kind of sad and at the end it kind of ends with something a
4: little happier very nice and what do you think of the kind of big hero six group? Because they're practically superheroes, which is kind of very interesting how they even become superheroes. You think they're very unique and very smart and very clever, or kind of overdone? And we've seen these superheroes in hundreds of comic books.
5: Well, I think they're really smart because at the end to defeat the villain, they used a a special plan. So I think they're really good at that thinking because, you know, you get
4: plans when you think. That is very, very true. I definitely agree with you on that. And what do you think was the moments, kind of the most exciting moments of the film, where you're like, man, what's going to happen next?
5: Oh, probably when they... Probably after, they, after his brother died, you're like, what's going to happen next? Is he going to lose somebody else?
4: Hmm, very interesting. And what do you think of the way that like, the camera in general moved like, around the film and the sp- perspectives they had with characters, pretty much the overall directing?
5: Well, I think it
4: was pretty good, actually. Well, that is very good. Thank you so much for talking to me, Jeremy, about this wonderful film. Thanks for wanting me be here. Of course. If you want to see Big Hero 6, it is in theaters on November 7th. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids.
3: Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Are you ready to explore the amazing world under the sea? Your host is a certified scuba diver, explorer. He likes to cook, and most of all, he's just a kid like you. You'll find out a lot more lies under the sea than what you've seen on TV, in movies, and even in aquatic parks. You'll learn about all kinds of fish, as well as other sea creatures. We'll take you to some exotic destinations and so much more. There's a whole big world under sea just waiting to be discovered. Tune in to Under the Sea, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Kids.
0: dinosaur detectives can be heard every wednesday at 7 p.m eastern time 4 p.m pacific time on the voice america kids channel looking for an on-air community where teens talk and the world listens tune in to express yourself an entertaining adolescent fusion radio program where passion and possibility populate the airwaves
3: Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly, Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Kids. What about the world concerns you? Is it future success? Is it world issues? Are you just looking to change the world in general? Tune in to What Up, World? It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, or what you look like. Everyone is entitled to the same chance for success. Follow your dreams. Move forward. Make a difference. Tune into What Up World every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Keep
0: it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to kids' first coming attractions on the Voice America Kids Channel. Shh. Turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up.
1: And welcome back to Kids First Time Attractions. I'm your host, Brianna Hope-Beton, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. And today we have just finished speaking to Jeremy about Big Hero 6, and we are also now talking about Big Hero 6 again. And right now we are speaking with Katie about Big Hero 6. Thanks for joining us today, Katie. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm glad you are doing fabulous. So I can't wait to see this film because I'm seeing it, This weekend, and as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, so, this is one of the movies that I must say before, you know, it comes out on DVD, because I feel like I miss every film that comes in the theaters. So, can you tell me the plot line of this film? Well, Big Hero
6: 6 is about a young boy, about 13, named Hero, and his older brother's large, marshmallow-like robot
1: bayonets.
6: Together, they try to stop a villain... And they make new friends and have fun. It's a very cool movie.
1: Yeah, it, it did seem like very cool movie, in your words. It, like, okay, when I think of Baymax, I think of this big marshmallow that has a face and arms and legs. It's pretty much what he is. <laughs> He's a marshmallow, and everyone can agree. So... How did you feel about the overall production, like the the animation and the sound and the music? And how did you feel about the whole film overall?
6: The film is amazing. The animation is crystal clear, and so is the sound. You can hear every word they say, and the voicing is brilliant. You can see everything, and the idea is genius. I love this movie.
1: When you say the idea is genius, do you mean the idea of Baymax, or do you uh, mean the idea of a robot helping a human? Do you What, what idea is genius? To be a little
6: clearer, the idea that is genius is basically the entire thing, a robot helping a human, being in the future, and um, overall having so many different points to connect and make it interesting and yet not too complex.
1: Yeah, I I find a lot of films make things too complex and too confusing to try to keep them interesting. But I'm like, there's a fine line between interesting and downright. I have no idea what's going on. I'm so confused. So I'm glad it has this sense of interest and... um, it's compelling you to watch it, but I'm glad that it's not completely confusing and you have no idea what's going on. Uh, we have a lot of views on the future. I mean, I've seen films where the future is like everything is burned down and it's dusty and we have like to scramble for food. And it's like it's like we've kind of traveled back in time. And then I see some films where it's like the future is like is is everything is updated and everything is new and and. Like electronic. I feel we're surrounding our future being electronic because I feel like we are going into that direction. I mean electronic and and using this and that and different sources than than we're using today. So is this film predictable or is it is it very like original?
6: I think it is incredibly original. We are not that far in the future to match either of uh... any other future movie types Mm -hmm. Um, but we also are far enough in the future to want to learn more and see how does this new future world work and is it so different from ours or is it our world but basically with robots it's incredible to basically see into the future and see the lives of these people and how
1: they work and what
6: happens basically
1: And it's cool that it's not too far into the future Because I've never heard of that Because when you you hear future You think future, future Like completely, not millions But thousands and thousands of years in the future Even hundreds and hundreds But you're never like Well, what will happen in the next hundred years? What will happen in the next maybe 75 years? Like we never really think of that close to what it is now So um, I'm glad this film kind of is in between super super far and now so I'm glad it's in between that so we can still see it happening but it's not it's not now it's not modern and I guess that makes the film kind of futuristic kind of you're listening to the Voice America Kids Network I'm your host Brand Hope Beaton and you're listening to the Voice America Kids and today we are talking about Big Hero 6 which is our main topic today so right now let's continue speaking with Katie about Big Hero 6 and we were just speaking about how uh, this film is futuristic but it's not too futuristic that we can never see it happening but it's also not completely modern. So Katie, who is your favorite character?
6: My favorite character is Baymax because he's funny and yet he's not the brightest in anything but health, basically. He um, walks around, tries to help people when they get hurt and he isn't quite the um, brightest robot as in, Knowing every number in the universe or every single bit of data. Yeah. Namely, he's good at health and um, hospi-
1: hospitalization. <laughs> I got you I got you yeah it's kind of weird to hear that like a robot that someone has made is not the smartest so it's it's kind of an off not not bad off but like a plot twist it's like this robot does not know every single thing in the world so it kind of is realistic because if you think about it computers are kind of like robots they don't talk and they don't walk but it's it has information on it that we, can, that we can see and look up. So I definitely understand how they kind of evolved the computer. Uh, what is your favorite scene? My favorite scene is when
6: Hero's older brother shows him Baymax for the first time. Baymax inflates, and it's funny by trying to figure out why um, Hero said, "ow," And he isn't exactly just asking a barrage of questions. He has his own little set way of asking, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much does this hurt? <laughs> and Hero is just trying to not laugh too much and is amazed about how smart Baymax is.
1: Now, I, I just, I really like, I really want to see this film. So I feel like everything that anyone says is very, very interesting uh, about, about this film, obviously. Well, Baymax in this film is, I mean, two proportion of a human is, is larger. I mean, you could say, I mean, in width and in height. So comparing to his width and height, how big is his personality? How big is Baymax's personality? I think it's, it's difficult to
6: say how large his personality is. I think it's a bit of a medium. He's not too outgoing, but Mm -hmm. he's not very shy. He's basically, he has his job, and yet he can learn things from uh, another human being. He basically files them away and starts understanding. And along the path of the movie, he creates, and gets more of a personality than in the beginning. He basically learns on the way. So I think in the beginning, he has a medium to small personality. And at the end, he has a large one.
1: I guess that's a type of character that I mean you can even put this in real life when you start when you meet someone and and you've known them since they were little or you've known them since they were I guess in in their teens or early early teens it's like you know them and then when you grow with them it's like wow they've changed from this to that but they've also picked up a lot of knowledge and wisdom along the way and that's why I think people say that um Our elders are our our wisdom keepers. They are very wise because they've had all the knowledge and experience that we have yet to have. So I definitely understand his personality getting bigger and bigger as the film goes on. How many stars do you give this film out of five? I give this film five out of five stars.
6: I thought it was amazing. It kept my eyes glued to the screen. And I am so hoping for a supposed... Thank you. Set or a sequel, if you can take my
1: meaning. <laughs> <laughs> or a sequel, if you guys didn't understand that. Yeah, I totally, I, I get that. I get that you're cool. Uh, I, I, I expect myself to love this film because I, I, re- I really like animation. I like, um, I like updated animation and I like really old animation. I'm not really too fond of the middle animation where it kind of like has that rough pointage. But I like beginning and, like, really, really high-tech modern. So, I'm glad that you enjoy it. Uh, what age range do you give this film? Like, as in, um, is it for younger kids? Is it for people who just like animation? Is it for, like, who is, who is this film for? Well, I think it's for
6: anyone who loves an adventure, sci-fi, robot kind of story. I also appropriate through nine through 18 year olds, since it's a little scary with intense action scenes and a scary villain and somebody at the end uh, not at the end but in the beginning does actually die but not actually you don't see it so I'd say it's appropriate through nine for nine through 18 year olds but other than that, if you're not too sensitive or you're older than 18, it's an amazing movie and you would love it. Just appropriateness 9 through 18.
1: I'm, I'm glad that you said that because a lot of a lot of um, parents see trailers for films and they're like, oh my gosh, that looks so good. And then after they see the trailer and they're like, well, I'm going to go take the, I'm, I'm going to take my kids and it's going to be fine. And they see it and it's like, well, this is not at all what i i mean not at all but it's like the trailer was basically the cleanest parts of it and then this is violence and this is this and this is this so i'm glad that you told like like some things that parents should look look out for during this film well katie thank you so much for talking with us today and telling us all about big hero six
6: thank you i enjoyed it
1: I enjoy talking to you, so it's a mutual feeling. Big Hero 6 is in theaters now, so please check it out. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Brianna Hobiton, from Kids First Coming Attractions, and you're listening to Voice America Kids.
3: Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more.
0: Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up.
4: Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Jerry Orris and you're listening to Voice America Kids. We just talked about an open apology and right now we're talking about Big Hero 6 with Harmony. How are you doing Harmony? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Thank you for asking. So, very shortly, can you tell us the wonderful story of Big Hero 6?
7: Big Hero 6 is about a young, intelligent boy named Hero who faces a lot of, um, not trying to give spoilers, but like, he faces some problems in which he needs to create a group of superheroes from his friends and he transforms them into superheroes to fight evil. Mm, yes, the
4: very interesting story. The conflict is. Well, even climax is kind of interesting. So, can you tell us about the climax of the film? I know it's hard without spoiling anything. Yeah, but. yeah, exactly. Um, the climax is probably when the protagonist
7: has to fight the antagonist.
4: Mm. Not
7: to be specific, because I <laughs> want people to go and watch it and see for themselves. It's really good.
4: Very interesting. And who do you say the real villain is? The said-to-be villain or the invention that kills well, not kills, but metaphorically kills the villain.
7: Probably um, someone uh, the one that is not supposed to be expected to be the antagonist.
4: Hmm. I definitely agree. I just put that out there to, you know, get really deep. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you think, what do you think of the design of the characters' costumes, like the superheroes? This is very unique.
7: Yeah, it's really unique. It's not... The same as all the other movies. Um, I was reading some reviews and someone was saying that it has like an anime feel to it and that's new. Um, The costumes are really funny. They're unique to the person and what their power is and they're all really like personalized to their personality for each character and it's really funny to see how their costume matches their interests in the movie, you know.
4: Yes, and it's very interesting what you said about anime. I just realized it kind of does look like anime. Anyway, yeah, speaking, <laughs> speaking of kind of like the superhero costumes, what do you think of their superhero almost gadgets, uh, go-go gadget type of style right here? They have some pretty cool ones that are related to them. And What do you think of them?
7: Yeah, it's really uh, high-tech, you know, for Disney. <laughs> you would think like Disney, you would think of princesses and stuff, you know, and getting into more, like, scientific gadgets and stuff is really interesting to see how they animated that it was really good
4: well very good and I have to ask you what do you think of Baymax the loved lovable well kind of marshmallow looking health robot what do you think about kind of his kind of his like role in the film and even though he's a robot he's a best friend to the main character the hero what do you think of that Oh, I
7: love Baymax. He's my favorite character. Um, I like his role in the movie a lot. Just because he's so lovable, and you can't even like think of him as a robot. You think of him as like a person, a best friend. I just wanted to give him a hug the whole time. So true. I just got so attached to him.
4: <laughs> very, very true. And what do you think of how the, chronologically the story works? Would- runs out do you think like some parts should have been like way at the end or some parts should have been way at the beginning or some parts should have been shorter or do you think everything was put on perfectly? I think everything was put on perfectly
7: you know I was really surprised the movie was funny within the first minutes and usually I was expecting like a slow beginning you know to get really into it and build up but it was just it had like a really good beginning it wasn't a slow beginning and There was a lot of foreshadowing, so I think the chronological order was good because it foreshadows, like, the events that are going to come up, which was really good because you find out in the end what those signs were in the beginning, so I think it played out really well. Very good. And what do
4: you think kind of the animation style?
7: Uh, The animation style is really good. Um, It was really cute, you know? I just loved all the characters, and they're all so unique. You know, all the college friends and... What they're into and their personalities, just you could tell by their looks, it's really adorable, you know.
4: I think I do. You're and listening to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jerry Orr's, and today we are talking about an open apology and big hero six. Right now, we're talking to Harmony about how the animation is pretty good and kind of opens up, right? Yeah, hmm. So, what do you think of kind of the directing of the film, kind of aiming it for like funny and humorous but a very deeper and kind of serious meaning to it what do you think of that
7: oh yeah I thought it was wonderful you know it was really it was like an emotional roller coaster but in a good way like I'd laugh and honestly I did cry in the theaters (laughs) um and it because I feel like it was so the humor was so good and like Deep messages. It appeals to people of all ages, honestly. Like, being 16 and going in there, I I would like it just as much as if I was 10, if I was
4: 30. Uh, it appeals
7: to all ages, really. Well,
4: that is very good. So, specifically age rating, what do you think? Like, 0 to 10 million? Yes. Honestly, yes. <laughs> and how many stars would you give this film? I give it a 4 out of 5 stars. And why is that?
7: Because... Um, I think it's a really big aspect for an animation to appeal to all ages because then I definitely recommend it you know it has a bigger audience and it can more popular and more you know enjoyable and it just had really great messages and just the whole movie all together the dialogue was clever uh, it's a movie that I would watch multiple times and I really enjoyed it well that is very good and what do you think your favorite scene would be? Um, probably the transformation of Bimax. <laughs> um, <laughs> becoming like a superhero, you know?
4: Yeah, that was pretty cool. And do you think Baymax is your favorite character or is someone else's? I would say Baymax is definitely my favorite character. Fan favorite, Baymax? Oh, first place, congrats. <laughs> anyway. So the technology in this film was very unique. What do you think of the technology aspect of the film? The technology aspect is really,
7: really surprising, you know, because we're not used to seeing Disney have so much technology in it. And they made it really uh, scientific. Like, they focused a lot on robotics and stuff, which is new, and a lot about education, like the college and stuff, which was a really good message, you know, to try to pursue work and um, going into your interests.
4: I definitely agree with you, and what do you think of the design of the characters? Because they kind of look almost realistic, and you can kind of relate to how they look. What do you think?
7: Yeah, they do look really realistic, you know, they're not perfect looking, Uh, you know, they could be, they could look so perfect, you know, but I think that each individual has their own, like, unique look that matches their personality like honey and her like girly girl look and they all just uh, match their personalities really well
4: and they they look cute in their own way mm, I definitely agree and what do you think the moral message of the story is? Oh gosh there's, there's a lot you know uh, I'd say
7: to you know count on your friends and Um, well, that's a deep one. (laughs) You know, count on your friends and, like, don't give up. Just pursue your goals, I guess, you know? Fighting against evil and going to pursue his interests in robotics, you know, going to the school he wants. So he has to pursue his goals. And he counts
4: on others a lot, which is a really good friendship moral. I definitely agree. And what do you think the main genre of the film, like, sci-fi, adventure, somewhere in between, or something completely different?
7: Oh, yeah, I'd say it's an action-packed comedy.
4: I definitely agree with you on that when I was way off of the (laughs) (laughs) sci-fi. And what do you think kind of like just the message of the film? Do you think that's a very good message, or do you think there could have been a better message? Uh, I think the message was really good. Well, that is very, very good. Yeah. Well, sadly, that is all the time you, we have. Thank you so much for joining us and talking about this wonderful film. Thank you for having me. Of course. If you want to see Big Hero 6, it is in theaters near you November 7th. Thanks so much for joining us. This is Jerry Ors, and you have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To hear more film reviews and learn how you can become a Kids First film critic, go to kidsfirst.org and check out our Kids First blog on Huffington Post. The show is produced for the Voice America Kids Network by Kidstar Radio. We
0: empower kids. Bye. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Channel. Now you know what to see. And speaking of see, we'll see you again next week.
5: and this one's Marie from Bookworm. Now from the Kids Are of the Month, here is it with Pops and their song, Starfish. Almost on the